Talk with Vicki Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another fantastic week of HR Talk. I'm JC. Up in the northeastern United States and all the way down in sunny central Florida, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Baez. J.C. Joliet Charlie. Yes, sir. Juliet. Not Joliet. Joliet's a city. So, hi. (laughs) How are you today? I am doing as good as I possibly can be after two cups of coffee on a Sunday morning. You know what? That's one of the uh, fantastic things about coffee is once you get on a roll, you could get four to five to seven cups deep. And, uh, yeah, you're just wound for the next 48 hours. You know what I mean? Wound up as it is without the coffee, (laughs) let alone keep feeding me all that caffeine. Yeah, brother, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, for the... Listeners tuning in this week, I'm uh, I'm taking more of a uh, softer tone this week. We still have the same high energy, don't get me wrong. But today I have a topic that Ricky doesn't even know about yet. And we are going to be facing this in more of a uh, Charlie Rose type manner. But that's fine. Uh, Horrible, horrible example. Oh, no, no, no. It's good. No, no. It's good. (laughs) No, it's not. We'll be getting there momentarily. (laughs) So, sure, me too. So with that, um, you, your week, where you at? Talk to me. Um, look, it, it's uh, we've beat this whole COVID nineteen topic to death. So I don't want to dive into that. I'm not gonna lie, brother. This week is uh, it's a bit of a struggle, right? It's uh, it's all this home confinement. Can't do anything. The kid is at home. Everybody is at home. So yeah, it, it's I'm getting there, brother. And you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. Yesterday, I uh, I got a little tired towards the end of the day. It was probably like around that seven thirty, eight o'clock time frame last night. I was Same watching a movie, else. and I I laid down, and I was on the floor. Uh, floor. Yeah. I every now and then it's good to stretch out on the floor in a different way. And I found myself waking up just about two hours later, and. Okay. Uh, it was like around ten, ten thirty. I'm waking hours. up, and uh, I've I've just been up. Yeah, I've just been, been up, up the since entire 10, time. Absolutely, since last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess you have the same week I have. But you know what, JC? Here's the part that sucks about living in Florida. Tell me, you have so many cool things, cool places to go and see, cool things to do, and you can't do them. It is. It is. I can't go to the beach. Can't go to any theme park. State parks are closed. Actually, except uh, Jacksonville. They're, the beaches of Jacksonville opened up on Friday. Um, not much we can do, man. Um, I uh, I could lie on the floor, but it's going to be a much harder time waking up, and I will count that as a workout. So yeah, I'm not going to do what you did. <laughs> We're good. That's funny. But, uh, yes, sir. Hey, um, so what do you got? This week, I want to head down a different path. I wanted to take an opportunity to talk about something that a lot of people who listen to this show aren't really that familiar with. (laughs) Uh, Continue. You. I want to talk about you. I want to talk talk about about why we should even care about you, who you are, (laughs) where you come from, 
What Makes You You. We've done this show for as long as we have, and we've not really talked about you yet. This this is not about me today. This is going to be about you. All right? All right. Uh, Okay. Let's go for it. I didn't know that was going to happen. No, but sure. Surprise. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what you got, but yeah, let's let's just go for that. We will. Um, FYI, uh, I did run a huge Windows update prior to today. Um, the uh, computer oh. is scheduled to restart uh, a little bit <laughs> later. Um, everything is just starting to uh, get slow right now. Hang on. Seven uh, days in a week, and it decides this moment yeah, to do it. Exactly. This morning, <laughs> this moment. Hey, pad for me for like about a minute while I schedule a uh, restart for later on. Okay. Sure. Go right ahead. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, do a monologue because there's nobody else for me to talk to while you do that. Um, so, yes, in Central Florida, there's nothing to do. Just like I'm sure there is nothing to do up in Buffalo. But you know what, though? At least in Buffalo, you could drive by New Era Field. Is that what it's called now? Yes. Or they call it something different. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's not Ruffalo. Uh, uh, that's right. New Era Field. New Era Field. Um, over here, you could drive by Disney and see how eerie it is, but then you'll get arrested by Disney police. So you really do not want to go over there. Uh, the beaches are open only if you are going to go for a bike ride or exercise. You can't set up camp and just hang out. Because, uh, as you know, the coronavirus only goes to people who are just chilling, hanging out at the beach, not people who are bike riding or exercising. So we seem to know way too much about this coronavirus stuff. There's a lot I'm going a on. It's a lot. Yeah. At the end we of are the scientists. Yes. yes we are. Hey, I'm not going to lie. Um, we are just about six minutes in. If I did a PC restart right now, it would be amazing. But uh, we're going to struggle with this. Uh, uh, let's go it, for, for it. any anyone that records uh, when you're watching your waveforms. Normally, I'm I'm seeing them appear in real time, and I've got about a 15 second delay between where we're recording and where that waveform uh, is showing up on the uh, on the DAW. So it's it's uh, it's really not good right now. Um, okay, but we're gonna keep pressing forward and see what happens. Hopefully, I'll just fill up the RAM and the cache is gonna go crazy and we'll crash coming up momentarily. If that happens, we'll and, we'll put a pause. That's the show. Yeah, and that's the, the show. show. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, that works. That <laughs> this works. Is so terrible. So terrible. Okay. Right. Anyways, um, you, where are mm. you from? Where 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 are you originally from, Ricky Bias? I'm from a small island in the Caribbean called Puerto Rico. You were born there. I was born there, Rio Piedras, Puerto Rico. It's a where, where is that? Sick. Okay, if we're, if we're looking at Puerto Rico on a map, and and it, it's going, it's like elongated left to right, correct? Underneath yes. Florida, and then, and then where where are you? Like that's eastern coast, western, the northern shore, south shore, where, middle. I the, believe it's about to, so so is in the northern part of the island towards the eastern northern part. Just I, I, it's I could be wrong. I, I, I think it's about southwest of San Juan. San Juan is on the top part of the island. Um, in, in Rio Piedras, it's just southwest of it. I, I could be completely off because when I drive there, my GPS doesn't work. I just how, drive. How long? How long did you live there when you were growing I, up? I lived there until I was six years old. Six years old, and from there, we decided to move to the United States. So, with that, six years old. If we all think back, we all have our memories of our youth, our our younger times. You know, what's interesting is people that have been in the same place for an extended period of time, a lot of times those memories from early ages don't 
always stay with them as much as they do for someone that goes through an event where they're in the process, like you did, of moving mm-hmm. from one okay. location to another. That 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 changes the way that you remember things in a way. It's a landmark event uh, where the mind is going to grab that thought and hang on to it a bit longer. Yep. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Because it's you are spot on with that. It's uh, I one of my first memories that I remember leaving Puerto Rico um, is getting to New York City. I think it was JFK back then. I don't know if it was JFK or LaGuardia, but we get there. And the intense cold that I have never felt ever in my life. So it was January of, I forgot what year it was, but it was in January. And it was, I was not ready for that. And then my uncle who lived in Teaneck, New Jersey, picked us up. So we lived in Teaneck for a little bit until we got our place in the Bronx. And there was this white stuff on the ground that was cold and wet. And we're like, holy crap, this is snow. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was just a little cat from Puerto Rico, man. And um, we got to uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, spent a couple of weeks with my uncle there um, until we got our place over in, in the South Bronx. So that was truly your first experience with snow. Yeah. Moving yeah. And, and knowing at that time that there's no turning back. Like at that point, it's it's – in your mind that this is my new future? It, well, it is. So now, remember, at, at that time I was six, but I had other memories prior to that, obviously. Actually, this is a funny story. A um, couple of uh, uh, things I remember before moving to New York um, was a birthday party. I think I was three years old, and my mom got a clown, and I went ballistic, dude. Like, I you went- were happy. You were overjoyed. No, I was like, what in the hell is that? <laughs> Why is it looking all creepy? Uh, we have a shared brother uh, who uh, who is also have a fear of clowns. I'm not going to mention his name, uh, but um, it, it's uh, it's I, I resonated with him when he shared with us that fear of clown that he had because it took me back to my 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 uh, my, my uh, third birthday party. That's another horrible memory that I have. Uh, I think a, a year- what is it? What is it? It's a clown. JC. No, no, no. The other horrible me. memory. Go oh, on. yeah, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So the other one is, um, you know, like on a regular Saturday night, sometimes you, uh, at least when you was a kid, you kind of pass out and you take a little two-hour nap. Let's say early afternoon, two-hour nap, and then you wake up and you completely lost consciousness of time or concept of time. You're like, is it 8 p.m. or 9 a.m.? I have no idea what's going right. on. And, right? and sometimes yeah. you might think you're waking up the next day. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't. Uh, so I wake up and oh, my mom's going to kill me for this one because I've never shared this to anybody. <laughs> You're putting me in the spot here, bro. Uh, so I woke up and I go, I go up to the living room and my mom, my dad, and my uncle are on the floor with their hands behind their head and two guys with shotguns to the back of their heads. We were being robbed. And yeah, it, it, it's yeah. And it was shortly after Christmas. This is in Puerto Rico, not New in Jersey. In Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico. No, 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 no. Okay. This is before we went. This is my memories before the snow. Wow. Yeah. So then, uh, no, no, no. It's This is actually a pretty funny story. So anyway, uh, it's two guys shotguns to the back of my uh, my uh, family's head. Other guys in the rooms, you know, just rumbling everything, trying to find jewelry or cash or whatever. And I have no concept of what's going on. All I know is my mom's shooing me away, crying, telling me to go back to my room. And I'm telling one of the crews, hey, take a look at my bike. I got a bike for Christmas. 
take a look at what Santa Claus brought me. <laughs> so I'm taking him to the garage, showing him my bike. Oh, of course, this is as bad as shit. He's, and, and he's getting mad, you know, just like kicking me away. He's like, shoot away, kid. And I'm like, and, and I'm upset and crying because he doesn't want to see my bike. So he finally grabbed me, threw me in the room, and I thought I was punished. I don't know if it was a long-lost uncle or whatnot. I never seen him before. So he threw me in the room, and I just stayed there until they all left. And uh, they took everything. They left the bike, though. I was happy about that. My mom was not happy, but they left the bike. I was happy. So, yeah, that, that, that happened in Puerto Rico, bro. I think it was four or five years old. My God. I'm serious. <laughs> I've never shared that with anybody ever. First time. I that, mean, my family knows, obviously, but that 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 had to have been part of what prompted the thoughts of moving away. Maybe for my family, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For my family, look, it, it, it's it's Puerto Rico's a beautiful island, but it has its five percent, like everywhere else, and uh, sometimes that five percent is more pronounced in some areas more than others. But uh, we like, oh my God, we're not going to deal with that. Let's go somewhere safe. Let's go to the South Bronx. And that's where we ended up at. We ended up in the in the uh, South Bronx after a two two week stint in Teaneck, New Jersey. But that so. that's uh, again more family roots. It's not like you're just moving to a city that you didn't know of. You you had no, family correct. in the uh, yes. in the Bronx at that time. Not in the Bronx. I had a family in Jersey and uh, downtown Manha- uptown Manhattan. Okay. Um, and yeah, so my uncle owned a, um, a electrical wiring company. Uh, contracted company um, in in the Bronx, but lived in Jersey. Stayed there with him. He owned a bunch of buildings in the South Bronx, and then uh, um, gave my dad a job uh, to be the superintendent for, for for a building, and that was the first place. And we actually ended up owning that building. So, um, in in the Bronx, and it was at a time where whoo, the crime. All right, was so so let's let's wrap our heads around <laughs> this. So, so the family's just gone through traumatic events. It's been a couple of years. You move, you're, you're now in Jersey getting settled in. Uh, the family's moving again, heading over to the Bronx. Um, six years old, heading to Jersey, um, kindergarten years, early formative years. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're not starting school yet till we're in the Bronx. Like the first time you attend school, you're in the Bronx. No, actually, I started the first grade in Puerto Rico. So, and then in halfway through that year, we moved over to the to the Bronx. So the second part of of, the, of my first grade, uh, it was in the South Bronx. So when we think no. about like ki- kindergarten, or, or, pre K, kindergarten, first grade, um, I, I don't know if they had pre K back in the sixties, uh, but I don't when, remember when you sixties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's okay. So if, back then, though, as as you're learning in school down there, is it? You're learning just in English, or is it in Spanish, or is it bilingual learning at a young age? It's uh, 80-20, right? 80% uh, Spanish, 20% English. When I got to the U.S., uh, to mainland, I already knew boy, girl, apple, school, book, stuff, one, two, three, ABC, stuff like that. So, yeah, and then, but once you got to the Bronx, um, where at the time that I went, back in the early 80s, 80s there, JC, not 60s. Um, they had no uh, no ESOL classes or English as a second language class. It was just straight up, here you go, survive, kid. Survive. All you know is boy, girl, one, two, three, good luck with that. And there it was. <laughs> Lucky for me, the part of the South Bronx, it, you were either African-American or Hispanic. That's it. 
very few white people, very few people um, that uh, um, just didn't speak any other language. Because even if you was African-American, you spoke some kind of other language. Uh, and then you had um, uh, either Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Venezuelans, doesn't matter. It was a really, really Hispanic-driven type of an area. How did the family um, go suffering. from just living in this building? And, and um, I presume, like you said, that's your father? that was taking care of uh, the, yep. the electric work within the building and doing some of the maintenance. How, how, do you, how do you go from that type of position to owning the building at that time? Do, do you recall those moments? I don't recall. I do recall moving from the basement into a better apartment. <laughs> because when you live in the basement, that's when you know you're the super, right? And, and you get that for free. Uh, but he cut a couple of deals. My uncle owned the building, so he bought it from my uncle, this big thing. And uh, next thing you know, we got a big apart- you know, bigger apartment. We still live there, uh, right depth smat in the middle of uh, a ground zero of being mugged and where the what, hip-hop what, era was pretty much born. What, what, why do you say ground zero era of being mugged? Because it almost felt like that the whole mugging people type of activities was invented in the Bronx. <laughs> It was happening so often, and that not, was such a big like things that you may have heard or things you experienced or saw. Oh, you, I you could be here for hours talking about how many times I got mugged and my brother seriously, got how many fights I got into, how many times I got jumped, how many times I had to jump people. It, it, it's it was a bad time in the Bronx back then. It's beautiful now, but back then it was really bad. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's a it was a it was a tough place to grow up in. Um, but, you know, it kind of builds character. You do your thing. Stay out of trouble. Don't, you know, just don't kill people unless you kind of forced to. Thank goodness I never had to do that. <laughs> so but, so during yeah. these years, during these times, school is a primary function that's, that's being ingrained in you by the family to make sure that you do good for a better life. Or school is just something that you had to go do part of the day. And our primary focus is uh, keep mom and the family safe and, and keep things moving forward and, and take care of my 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 siblings. This is where it gets interesting, JC. Um, at at that time, there was the only focus was just to survive. We're in a new place. We don't know that many people. Luckily, we have some family not too far away. Um, there's a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of drugs, a lot of crime happening outside. It's cold. It's, you know, you don't know your neighbor as well as you do when you when you were in Puerto Rico. So, school wasn't the forefront of the goal of the day it wasn't it was just a regular thing we had to do but it was just surviving was to me it was the name of the game for us back then so yeah it was uh it was fun though not gonna lie because in the summer times no better place it was great dude oh dude because yeah winter time sucked man but in the summertime um, the kids had no, nothing to do we didn't have uh, video games like we do today this was pre-nintendo era this oh, was an so Atari Atari era. Yeah, but Atari back then, not everybody can afford it. Not at all. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> so only only like rich families can afford Atari back then. Right. So for everybody else, we had like, let's just go outside, right? And it, 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 it's can't watch TV. We have five and a half channels. And maybe, maybe if you saw half a boob on 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 a shoddy channel that means that you were catching somebody else's cable satellite tv didn't exist back then <laughs> <laughs> i mean that and, and that's when hbo was there um no but the summer times were the best man because uh every other block had a fire hydrant 
and somebody will come out with a big wrench, open up the fire hydrant, and you take a can of beans, Goya beans, that's what I remember. After your mom used it to cook, you take the, uh, the, uh, the can, open it up on the other side, and just hold it to the, to the high-pressured water stream coming from the, uh, from the uh, um, faucet from the fire hydrant and you just created this big shot. You, you created uh, uh, the South Bronx first water park. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome, dude. I, I, and cars so would come by. Like, uh-huh. like the city would open those up or y'all would just open those oh, up. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. It, it's my dad would come out. Like they, they would drive by and yeah, just soon. like, hello, community, stop on by. <laughs> We're going to open up the fire hydrant today. <laughs> No, no. Remember, I said the Bronx. <laughs> so yeah, no, no. My dad, my dad would come out with a for the huge wrench, just open it, and then all the kids would come on it. And next thing you know, the cops would show up, and some cops were a holes, some were cool. The uh, a hole cops would just close it and tell everybody to go home. The cool cops were like, "Hey, give you a dollar, just you know, just wash the car." And that's what we did. It was fun, dude. <laughs> it really was. Like 120 degrees in the middle of the Bronx. <laughs> You got like 40 kids sitting around this fire hydrant Dude. and you're going to make them go home, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Freaking dumb cop. <laughs> no, but most of the cops were cool, man. And then you had the ice cream truck come by. You could buy an ice cream for a quarter. And all the kids, I mean, I'm telling you, man, best summers I've had with there. Really was, man. So so uh, yeah. how, lo- how long were you in the Bronx? Uh, we were there until maybe... 1992. Oh, wow. 93. Oh, you 93, were there a yeah. ways then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there for about 11 years or so. Gotcha. 11 years. Gotcha. So from 82, 83 to 92. Actually, to not, eight, from 82 to 93. So by that point, we there. Uh, you, you've got an educational base laid in Puerto Rico. You've, you've got your formative years here, the younger formative years taking place in the South Bronx. And then we're heading towards our high school years. And... Well, Actually, let's let's let's, we're skipping a really important part. What happened? Um, So this was a time in New York City where hip hop was exploding. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean mean to jump off that. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Hip hop was exploding. I mean, public enemy. I'm talking about um, Lord Finesse. I'm going to name some people. Nobody's you know, people have never heard Um, a slick Rick special ed. Um, was another one, uh, not me. Yeah. Main source means or all it's Nas. you know, started coming out in the late, I mean, early nineties, late eighties, but this was, this that, was really that's right big. around the mob deep era. Though, and what? Too. That was right up. around, right around the mob deep era, the early nineties. No. Nah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm talking about, or, you know, mid eighties, like 85, that, 84. Right. Yeah. Even You're before like that, you founders. know, big daddy Kane. Yeah. Yes, yes. So it was. I'm telling you that to me that was eye because I've never heard music like that before. And and to me everything was hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop. Every Saturday morning it was salsa and merengue blasting in the house, and that's when I knew. In a Hispanic household, people who are Hispanic listening right now, you know, when you woke up early on a Saturday morning and merengue, bachata, and salsa's blasting, it's time to do some laborers cleaning work on the house. <laughs> and, and I hated it. I hated every second of it. And, um, and all I just wanted to do, just get my shorts out the way, which was we didn't have a big apartment, uh, and just go outside and just listen to hip hop. We had those big boom boxes with the lights that come out with yeah. the double tape deck. I thought that was hot shit back then. Double uh, tape that's deck. because it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. A pre, it's a, it's a, it's a prehistoric um, iPod, and you just on, on a regular Saturday night, 
when all the lights, uh, street lights came on and you had to come inside so you don't get shot, uh, we just listen to the old radio stations and just record the best songs. And you take that tape to another recorder to kind of mix them. It sounded like crap. But when you took it back to school, you were the school's best DJ. It was great, dude. <laughs> it was great. Hip hop and hip hop in New York City in the eighties was the best. So right, at, right in between every song, you got that uh, super kaku thing going down, right? <laughs> super kaku. I need to super find that clip kaku. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Explain that for person- people. Explain that for people. Oh God, it's going to be hard. So yeah, so um, there used to be an old radio station in New York, a Spanish radio station, and it was the the only radio station that Puerto Ricans really resonated with in the Bronx, or Hispanic people resonated with in, in the Bronx. And the call signs were Super Kaku, Super Kaku, <laughs> and that was the call signs. <laughs> and actually, the guy we were talking about earlier, who who I share equal. Um, hatred towards clowns is was the best guy to actually do those call signs because because he used to listen to it too growing up. He's from New York, New New York, Newark. Newark. So yeah, Newark, Newark, New Jersey. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. um, yeah, Super Kaku. That was really big. And <laughs> remember this one: ten, ten wins. You give oh, us yeah. sixteen seconds. Yeah, we'll give you the world. Was it sixty <laughs> seconds or twenty seconds? I forgot what it was. Dude, it was like ten seconds. You two and out. Ten seconds. No, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, so that was uh, the '80s in the Bronx. So and, I, mean, oh, I remember. But by, by, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, a, a great memory that I had in the Bronx, 1986. Why is that such a big year? You come. You should. Oh, dude, you should know this, JC. Come on, you you are a fan of this team, so don't tell me you don't know. 1986 Red Sox and Mets championship when yeah you're shaking your head because you know what i'm talking about and i remember i was in uh, i was in elementary school and i remember the whole school erupted dude erupted it was such a great time for me at least right because i've never seen such excitement now mind you i am not never have been and i don't anticipate ever will being a mets fan because I, uh, the apartment building we lived in was literally four blocks from the Yankee Stadium. And we had to take the train and go all the way over to Flushing, uh, um, uh, Queens to watch uh, the Mets play. And I didn't like that. I just like walking down the street going to Yankee Stadium. But, yeah, 86, when the, when the um, I don't know if it's fair to say where the Red Sox blew the, uh, the, <laughs> the game See, I, or just I, one player in particular. I know that you're doing your best to drag me into your memories, but I'm going to stay out here. <laughs> I'm going to stay out here with my own. It's okay. It's okay. Embrace the pain. Embrace the pain, JC. <laughs> it's all right. Cause I know that hurts. I get it, bro. If I was, a, if I was a Red Sox fan, I'll be upset too. It's okay, man. It's all right. I was many moons ago. You can, you're good. So everything's stable for you during this time. Everything is rock solid. Hell no. I mean, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm, you're, you're building life. You're living life. You're doing your things. But there, there's a consistency, at least, of knowing that every day uh, in, in the summer it's going to be warm and there's seagulls or whatever. I, I don't know. Paint the picture. Paint the picture. It was the only thing that was consistent is the fear of getting mugged and getting robbed, right? But there's this place in New York, South Bronx, called Orchard Beach. And, oh, man, do I have some good memories there in, in the summertime as well. You said Orchard Fresh? Like the supermarket? 
Orchard Park. Orchard Beach. Orchard, Orchard Beach. Orchard Beach. Yes. That's right. Every I, summer. I instantly yeah. go straight to the food, Rick. I always go straight yeah, to the food. Can... <laughs> like the thought of Orchard Fresh or Orchard Park where the Big Tree Inn is uh, nope. for the chicken wings. Ah, you know? I was wondering. So, yeah, okay. that's, that's why my mind went there. Okay, so Orchard Orchard Beach. Yes. What's so uh, good about it, that? What What's it, the memory there? Here's the thing. I haven't visited it. I've, I've never been there as an adult. I've only been there as a kid growing up. And to me, that was one of the best things. Uh, mainly because the beach is separated in sections. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Anyway, so section eight, hilariously enough, <laughs> um, uh, had this big stage. And you had all these big name um, artists coming by, like Slick Rick came one time. Um, all these hip hop artists, and especially if you're from Puerto Rico, if you love salsa music, Gran Combo's been there a couple of times. All these big name artists in the summer, and I don't know if it was free. I don't know if my mom paid for it. All I know is that we went to the beach. You know, we always brought a little grill, some drinks. There's some good music. Everything was cheap. It was a really, really great time. So yeah. Orchard Beach was really big. Um, in the Bronx back in the day, so yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. So that, time. so so through the span of the eighties, heading up to the nineties, decisions are being made amongst the family to to continue to stick it out amongst the daily muggings and the hip hop and and make the best <laughs> of life, or we're deciding at that point we're moving on to somewhere else. Like, what what's the catalyst? What's what's the thing that propels the family to some of the next decisions? Um. I think just a, a change of scenery. I mean, I think we got tired of all the crime, everything happening in the Bronx. Um, I mean, again, we got robbed a couple of times. We got burglarized a couple of times. And it was only so much of that you could take before you say, you know what, we're done. So we had back in 92, 93, um, my grandfather lived, had a house in, uh, in Orlando. And uh, he bought some properties down here. Yeah. And uh, we decided to just move down here. We Bought a house in Orlando, went to Evans High School in Orlando, Florida. Go Trojans. So you, you yeah. started uh, you started the high school years in Central Florida then? No. <laughs> oh, you came in came in as a sophomore? Yes, yes. My freshman year was uh, of high school was in, in the South Bronx. South Bronx High School. Uh, the only the first place I ever got to know what a metal detector was. Because uh, three times a week, by surprise, uh, we had metal detectors in school. And uh, we'll just walk in and, uh, oh, crap. And you can tell who's bringing what. Because as soon as we saw the metal detectors, a bunch of kids just went back out. Um, so, because, uh, you know, people were bringing in brass knuckles, knives, guns. It was uh, yeah, a very fun time. And I guess we got tired of that. So it, <laughs> it wasn't like that down in, in uh, Orlando, though, right? Well, here's where it gets funny, right? So I guess my mom got tired of that, and my family got tired of that, so we moved down to Orlando. So we did, and, uh, the, 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 hang on, though. That that point where that decision's being made, you're, you're a young man at that point. You know, you're in high school. Yeah, you're, you're coming of age. Uh, I'm 15 years old. So like what? Uh, your nights are spent just on the block uh, with Jenny, or are you also like uh, like working on your car with your dad and stuff, or his car or whatever? Like where where's... Where's your days being spent when you're in New York? No, just it's it, it, there's there's no cars. I mean, it, it's uh, we could only find parking where we could. We had an old Datsun, 
Um, so mainly our, whenever we had to go somewhere, we just use public transportation, which was really huge, um, in, in, in the city, right. but in the summer it was either out outdoors with a fire hydrant or at the beach in the winter times, it was either outdoor, uh, playing in the snow and then coming back in, um, and lots of crime in between. So, so, so the yeah. family just says we're done with New York. There was no, there was no tipping point. There was no singular instance of something. It was just like, Hey, uh, we may have family here in the Jersey area, but we're going to go to Florida. We're, we we are not going back to Puerto Rico. Um, I think we've dealt with our last issue, with our last crime event when we got burglarized. And we just, all right, let's just go home. I mean, go uh, go somewhere else. And uh, had, had a talk with my grandfather. So uh, wait, who, wait, wait, um, wait. You, got, you yeah. got burglarized. Going back. <laughs> you got burglarized in New York that prompted part of the move. I mean, that was a tipping point, yeah. Now, we're yeah, not so, just talking like a daily occurrence here. We're talking the, no. a, a specific singular instance of something that took place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We so so uh, it's if I remember correctly, the apartment got burglarized. They came in, stole some stuff, and my mom had it. She's like, "We're done. We're done with this, uh, and we're just going to figure something else out that it doesn't involve our future in the Bronx." So that's what happened. After having to live so. through that in Puerto Rico. And then again in New York, mm-hmm. that had to have been a lot right there on her mind. And now looking back, yes, it looking back now, I it, it's it must have been weighing a lot on her because I have a kid, right? And how would I feel if I put my kid through that? But she was doing the best she could with the resources that she had back then. But for me, I just thought that was life but but she wasn't the only yeah. decision maker though i mean your father was making choices at the same time no he wasn't there they, they separated they okay. separated that's a big um, part of the story right there that's a big yeah. part of the story yeah so so my mom and dad separated back actually it was it was in 86 right after the mets won the world series i mean i don't know if he was a, if he was a, a red sox fan or not but uh, yeah, we, uh, they separated and he moved that he moved back down to uh, puerto rico and then my oh, okay. mom was in the Bronx by herself, raising three knuckleheads. Pretty much, yeah. And For five maybe, years, yeah. Four years, five years, holding down two, maybe three jobs, try, he, trying did, to make ends meet. Did you ever see him? Did he ever come back? Did you ever? Um, couple of weeks, couple of weeks in the summer, we would go to Puerto Rico, and because okay. uh, summers, yeah, because um, back then, I think it was from. End of May, beginning of June to mid-September. I mean, I think that's how it is right now in New York yeah. as far as how schools are. So uh, most of the time we spend it outdoors at the beach. And then for a couple of weeks, we'll go to Puerto Rico, spend time with dad, which was really interesting. Why? Um, uh, he, uh, he had a very interesting lifestyle. I'll just leave it that way. Uh, there was a lot of uh, extracurricular activities with cash coming in. And um, he had a lot of exotic animals. And one of the animals that he had. If you tell me baby this, tigers and tiger king. No, 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 It's not, it's not, it's not. Okay. It, it's, uh, I loved it because he had a monkey. And what? this monkey was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had a monkey. And this monkey was ma- was named Mayagüez. And, um, and any, every time we go to stay at his place, he had a beautiful house, all these things, right? And uh, this monkey would just swing from place to place in the house and in the backyard. And he had a train. He's like, hey, go get me a beer. The monkey would go to the fridge, get a beer, bring it back. He couldn't open it. Dad had to open it, right? 
Uh, but it was the greatest thing. We loved to hang out with Mayagüez. It was awesome. It was a really good time. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened to him. That was back in the 80s. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you and I have talked for, for a long time where, you know, it it'll be cool to have this monkey that just go get go fetch beer for us. That's and, where yeah, your idea I, comes from. We had it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had it. Already, well, like, my dad there. had it. I've been there. Yeah, been there, done that. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, he'll just go get beer for us. And I mean, for him. <laughs> but but that sometimes we're like, hey, the, mon- try. the monkey didn't drink too, did he? Uh, no, the monkey did not. Uh, Dad would let us drink a little bit. Here you go. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Well, just look at me now. You got a drunken monkey running around. <laughs> There's a lot of bad things that happened. I don't know. Dude, I don't know. It was I awesome. can't even wrap my head around it. But you know what? It, it, it was really hard flying back to the Bronx because we knew that whenever we came back from you know spending some time with Dad in Puerto Rico, we knew that it was time to go back to school. And to me, back then, that was the worst thing ever. You know that feeling you got in the in your stomach on a Sunday night, knowing that Monday you got to go back to school, elementary yeah. school, junior high school, whatever. Yeah, hated that. Hated that. Hated that feeling. So every uh, at the end of every um, uh, summer trip, we'll come back, and school was the next weekend, and there you go. So you you didn't have any resentment at the fact that you weren't staying in Puerto Rico. Like you did want to come back to the Bronx. You did want to come back. It's not like you wanted to stay down there, or did you? It's it's weird thinking about that now because thinking about that now in my mindset today as an adult, completely different in my mindset then. Of course, I feel yeah, I feel like I should have wanted to stay, but I thought that was normal. To me, I had nothing else to compare it to. Right. So I thought that was everybody did that. Everybody yeah, every summer. Separated. This is what we're going to go do every summer. We're going to go spend time with dad every no, summer. No, we're going. Er- Every summer, everybody did that was what I thought. Right. This was life. Right. right? Um, I didn't know anybody who had a different life than that. It's almost every family we've known was a broken home. And almost every family we've known, people traveled in the summer and then came back. So I thought that's what the whole world did. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah right. So now think, thinking back, like, wow, this could have gone this way or that way. But I'm so, supposed, what, 10? So the move to Central Florida surrounding – to family, to your rooting mm-hmm. to your grandparents, it also gets you as as kids closer to Puerto Rico. I'm sure much more cost effectively. Should you want to go head down there and see family down there as well, rather than having to come all the way from New York, right? So uh, maybe <laughs> maybe that's part of the decision making process as well. I mean, if that's the roots of where the family is, right? I would love to think that, but no. Uh, no. I think we okay. were looking for a better a better place to get a job that wasn't as harsh as the winters of New York city. And the summers were not as harsh as Puerto Rico. And we were, we were a little bit wrong in the second part because the summers is almost worse in Orlando (laughs) than in Puerto Rico. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, but we came here and we stayed here the entire time back in 92. So you, you went to Dr. Evan or Evans. What's it called? The, The school? Dr. Phillips? No, Maynard Evans High School. Evans High School. Uh, Evans High School. Okay. Evans High School. So you go from the Bronx where you probably have like public school number 237 and you're yeah. one of like, you know, 600 kids or something into an environment where you're one of like 6,000 or something like that. Right? 
Pretty much. Um, we, the high schools in, in the Bronx have names. Uh, anything below that has uh, numbers like PS117, PS104, CJSS82. Um, and then we, it's every school was in this big, humongous five-story building. When we get to Orlando, it's this huge campus where if you have one class in the far east corner of the campus and then you got five minutes to go over five acres of land to go to the other corner of class uh, of the campus to go to class. Oh, just it, get on the monorail. <laughs> it was, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> no, but you look, here's a funny story, dude. So we left the Bronx came down to Orlando. And the reason we came down to Orlando was for a bit of life, right? And my first, my very, very first time watching TV here in Orlando at our new house, the biggest breaking story, school shooting at Evans High School tonight at 8. Oh, oh, hey, that's my school. <laughs> I know, hey, isn't that the school we just, we were just at today? Hey, mom, uh, check this out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was great. There was a shooting in the cafeteria. Uh, it was during summer school. I, some kid got shot in the stomach, some kind of gang thing. And I remember thinking, oh, all right, so we're doing this now. Okay, got it. So that's the school I'm going to go to. And that's what I ended up with. My first week there, uh, a girl gave birth uh, in the in the girl's bathroom, oh. which was really interesting to pass by. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting time, man. Hey, uh, welcome to Central <laughs> Florida, sophomore year. Check this out. Have you met Karen? <laughs> uh, and she's about to be a mom. Bring a present. So, yeah, man. Oh, uh, that was the first a, week. Bit of a culture shock for you, making that change, making that shift, making that adjustment. Did did people have, I mean, it's the early 90s at that point. Some things are still yeah. off the charts. I mean, uh, off the charts in the sense that there might not be as, as much appreciation or understanding for where people are coming from from other ways as you get nowadays, right? So, uh, hey, you're the tough guy from the Bronx, right? It was a different culture shock. It was really different. It's not the culture shock that you would expect me to have. The culture shock that I had was, and it's, I may catch some heat for saying it, but this was 100% true. This was my mentality back then. Okay, if you want to. Wow, there's a lot of white people here. There's a lot of white people here. And that was not the case up in the Bronx. So now I'm going to school with all these different kids. Um, it's The mix was completely different than what I'm used to. And to me, that was a big, the big eye-opening experience for me. And if, if anybody is from Orlando and you know Evans High School, you know that Evans High School predominantly is not a white school. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a minority run, not minority run, but it's a school that has a lot of minority people uh, that, that, that go there. But compare that to the Bronx, it was completely night and day. Right. And to me, that was the biggest culture shock and how people, kids can just drive in. And I'm like, wow, kids got cars down here? I, could, I wouldn't even fathom that back in New York because we have public transportation. Orlando has public transportation too, but it's like two bus stops a day back then. It was crazy. Right, right. right. And uh, I, I made friends quickly. There was a lot of um, Hispanic kids out there, and I wasn't, I wasn't that tough, hey, South Bronx kid. I didn't advertise that, but I've been tried a couple of times, and uh, they, they got the lesson. Um, but it, it's pretty much, I hated high school. It was the dumbest thing ever to me back then. Why? Cause I, cause I met some teachers that were full of crap. Uh, there was some teachers that would just come in, sit down and say, read chapters four through 20 and then they'll fall asleep. 
and boom, that was our teacher, right? And 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 that was, uh, and you know what? I'm gonna say because that pissed me off so much. Mrs. Connell, I remember her. Uh, that was back in 19, 1993, and I hated that class because I would just sit there and just look around. We had no phones to play with. We were just trying to pass out, you know, just try not to pass out because it was a horrible hour and a half of class. But then you had other teachers that were spot on. Mr. Goldwater, he was a biology, biology teacher who really gave a crap about the students. And, um, and it was a humongous football school. That year, they won state. So a lot of people um, that uh, uh, NFL players came from uh, Evans High School in the state of Florida. So Evans High School, Apopka High School, produced a lot of NFL talent. So football was really big, especially in the um, early to mid-90s. I want you to count this out with me. And I, I stay with me for a second. So we're in, we're in Puerto Rico, and we move from Puerto Rico to New Jersey. There's one, one move. Mm-hmm. Then we're moving from New Jersey to the Bronx to the basement. There's two. Mm-hmm. You move from the basement upstairs. There's three moves. Mm-hmm. There's a fourth change, not necessarily a move, but a, a big change, as your your father is is separating and heading to Puerto mm-hmm. Rico, but you're staying in the same physical location, but now you're traveling more back and forth. Yep. It's just a yep. change, but it's not a move. But then yep. you move to, so we're going to take that one out actually, but then you, you move from the Bronx to your grandparents' house. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so we stayed at, at, my, at my grandfather's house in Florida for about a month or so. Okay. And then you settle we into a, a place of your own. Mm-hmm. And then that's the house where you stayed for all of high school. That's correct. Yes. Five moves. Five moves. From the time that you were born to this point in time that you're becoming a sophomore in high school, formative years, culture shock, everything that you described. That's your fifth move in your young life at that point. Correct. As well as multiple muggings to <laughs> being the recipient of of two armed robbery, burglary type yep. situations. Yeah. A separation within the household. Mm-hmm. How are you holding yeah. it together at that point as a young man? That's a weird question. Because holding it together. Remember, to me, I have nothing else to compare it to. I understand that. So, so, so that's normal. So, yeah, it sucked. But. It's to me like, okay, well, that's just life. Did you understand goes the that. adversities at that point? Did you understand how, I mean, clearly no, with the way that you're answering the question already, clearly no, you didn't fully comprehend nope. the depth of it all. But while things are happening, you must say to yourself like, this sucks, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it sucks, but I still got to chuck on. I still got to keep going. Um, and Did you used remember- to tell yourself that? Like in, no. the, in the back of your head, was there something in the back of your head, like a voice that you never, no one ever heard, but something that said, you're just going to keep moving on? No, uh, it, it's, I didn't understand that concept till later on where I could really analyze it and then go back and think it over. But it, it's, I was doing it subconsciously. So but, you never started listening to those voices in your head till you were older. I started making them up when I was older right? and, and the, and as, as I reflect back to everything I have experienced, um, the actions that I was doing was the effect 
of me subconsciously, I guess, saying, hey, you got to chuck on. It is what it is. Deal with it. Okay. And now that I think about it, that kind of shaped how I deal with everything else from then on forward. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. This is is all going to come full circle to the world of HR coming up momentarily. We're not there yet. So. Nope. So through the high school years, you, you, you're finding your girlfriends, you're going to prom, you're buying your cars, right? Like things are beautiful. You're like, oh, look at the moon. I'm, I'm in Florida. I got a convertible, right? You're driving on the tarmac and, and like yeah, you're man. on a motorcycle or something. Like talk to me. What, yeah, what, it was great, what, man. What yeah, I, had a, I had an 84 Honda Civic wagon. I was cool, man. That was cool, which was the car that my mom had in the Bronx and we drove the whole family down in. And uh, she got another car and then she gave that to me. And then that's the one that I used my the end of my sophomore year. Um, students, soft, freshmen and sophomores were not allowed to drive. Juniors and seniors were. But it's cool because the security guard, Clarence, you just give him a couple of dollars and he'll let you come in. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, there's got, the South Bronx and you coming out right there. Oh, I got a story about Clarence. Well, I'll tell you here in just a bit, man. I love that. That's my boy, man. He was a big, humongous security guard, retired cop, man. He did not get. Let's, let's do that story right now. Come on. So. Uh, so, yeah. So Clarence, um, it, it's a sophomore. The sophomore year of high school is just me getting into my into my groove. Just, you know, just getting into, you know, to meeting new, new people. Um, playing baseball, playing football, uh, playing in the band. Uh, it's I did quite a bit, quite a bit. And then um, you're in a junior band. And C- I was, yeah, yeah. I played the quads. Okay, wait a second. You were in the band, or you were in a band? Was not, <laughs> no, I was in the high school band. Oh, okay. High I thought like band. maybe yeah, you tried yeah, yeah. out for Backstreet Boys along the way, and we didn't know that part of the story yet. And, and, no, that's part two. Okay, part got two, it. Because they had the Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and then the Spicy Adobo Boys. That was us. Uh, that's what we did. Um, no, so, um, yeah, so it's my junior and, and senior year of high school. Junior year, we just, you know, just hung out quite a bit. But my senior year, we cut class quite a bit, man. Quite a bit. Clarence knew. And he knew. Clarence, you well, that. here's the thing. Clarence, so we'll walk out school, you know, just the only way to escape is through the front gate. Right. Which was really farther away from from all the other all the other buildings. So Clarence was there, and let me let me explain to you who Clarence is. Remember Mike Tyson punch out? Uh, I do, but if you're about to go to the depth of describing Debo, that might be better. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> only so the only thing with Clarence is that okay. So so half the people don't know who Debo is. So it's Debo okay. Go on Friday, with Mike Tyson yeah. punch out. So anyway, so uh, uh, but the but the only difference is he had this weird like, like his head was was his hair was standing <gasps> in the middle, but on the side it was full head of hair. So it was like a sort of Popinski. <laughs> kind of, kind of, but but it, I mean, this cat was scary though. So anyway, so so we're so all the kids are trying to sneak out, and you know me, I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna walk out. Let me see what he does. Yeah, and then he knew me as you know, just hey, yo, B, hey B, where you going? I'm like, Mr. Clarence, I'm just going to go to Hardee's. So there was a Hardee's across the street, right? And back then, Hardee's sold chicken. Okay. And he's like, are you coming back? I'm like, um, I don't know. Can I come back? He's like, well, <laughs> bring me back a two-piece and you can stay gone. All right, cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Clarence. So, Roger that. <laughs> I went and got him a two-piece, come back, gave it to him. And next thing you know, that was a regular Monday, Friday <laughs> event. 
a two-piece chicken meal. Chicken meal, yeah. Yeah, two-piece chicken Two-piece meal. also talks about bathing suits, bed, no, bed no. direction. Not yeah, going we're, go- we're at Hardee's. Right? Hardee's chicken. Got it. Yeah. So you're bribing uh, the security guard. I, I mean, is it bribing? Because I did an offer it. He asked. You're negotiating the deal in there a contract. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'm bargaining so, with the unit at this time. <laughs> absolutely. You see, my HR is coming right into place. Uh, yeah. So I give him some some chicken, and I knew because I'm like, I it, it's it's I, I didn't have my own money, like my own real money at the time. Right. So I'm like, man, I need my money for lunch, and I need Clarence skipping money too. So <laughs> that's what we did, man. I mean, he and. It was me and like four of the people that were allowed to go because we got them food. Everybody else, man, they got told on and they had to go back in. Their parents were called, but they're not going to snitch because if you snitch, you were in big trouble. Yeah. And nobody said anything, especially right. with Clarence. He don't play. So, yeah, <laughs> do you man. Stay in touch Clarence with Clarence? was no joke. Do you stay in touch no, with him? I got to find him. You I should. do have to find him. Yeah. We should have him on the uh, show, actually. Wait, he might kick my ass for saying no, this. No, we story. really <laughs> should have him on the show. It would be fantastic. It was in the nineties, so what could it's possibly okay. happen? It's okay. Yeah, so yeah, so um, so uh, everything's rosy and, and and clear at this point. Like things are beautiful. Uh, it, it, you're going to your proms. There's no dramatic stories. There's no fights or craziness. I didn't do prom. You didn't, didn't do, do any prom. of that stuff. No, man. No. no. I, I again, high school to me, to me, and back then was a big waste of time. Okay. It's the classes right. were not interesting. Um, I didn't do anything that interesting. I mean, I went to a couple of house parties. That's it. So um, it's not like you were gearing up and getting ready to go to the college of your dreams to obtain the doctorate. Not, for- uh, bro, I'm not there yet. I, I haven't told you about my Honda Civic. Now, well, you started I need to, to tell you, you about said the wagon. Yeah, so, okay, go ahead, so, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So here's the thing. Um, I started working uh, my junior year in high school. started working at this place called Montgomery Wards. Actually, it was late. It was late sophomore year. Okay. And uh, it's, it's like the best way I can describe Montgomery Wards. It's a, an older, more fashionable, a little bit more upscale Walmart before it became Super Walmart. I mean, I guess that's the best way I can describe it. Got and it. I worked there for, I want to say, a couple of months. I was a shoe salesman. And uh, I used to sell shoes there, you know, when I wasn't in school. Quit that job. Then I got a job uh, at Winn-Dixie stocking uh, the shelves. And after breaking maybe five, five glass jars of apple juice, I decided that wasn't for me because I'm not good at stocking. Uh, So I was uh, I was involuntary laid off. (laughs) So they let me go. No, actually, I quit because yeah, I'm like, yeah, this, this, this ain't for me. Sure, sure. And um, that's when I started working at Universal Studios. And to me, that was the dream job. Really? Why? And, oh, Why? Dude, look, theme park 20 minutes from you. Yeah. Back to the Future, the ride is the biggest ride on Earth at the time. It's the most technologically advanced ride on Earth at the time. And that's where I got to work. Dude, I was living life making four seventy five an hour. How how'd you how'd you get in there? Was it knowing the right people or or how'd you no. land that job? So here's the thing. I went with my friend Chris. Um we call him White Boy Chris because in in my neighborhood we had two Chris's. We had White Boy Chris and we had Black Chris. And that's how we separated them. We say, like, Hey Chris, which one? White boy, come here. Black boy, come here. 
And that's how we would talk to each other, right? No, I'm serious. So all three of us uh, went to a job fair that they had at Dr. Phillips High School for Universal Studios. Dr. Phillips High School, it's right behind the studios. And uh, us three went there, and um, we interviewed my friend, white boy Chris. He didn't get the job at, at any of the rides because he was really quiet and nervous. So he got the job in food service. Uh, Black boy Chris got a job in merchandise, and I was the one who was always happy, go lucky, laughing, joking, and like, we're going to put you on a ride. <laughs> and <laughs> they put me on a ride, yes. and I started working, and, I, and, and I'm thinking, oh, they're just going to give me some crappy ride, right? right. Because uh, yeah, cause it, it's, I'm the new guy. They can't possibly put me the best ride on earth. Boom. Two weeks later, new employer orientation. You're going to go to work at Back to the Future. Wow. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to quit high school. I made it. <laughs> you're th- you're no, thinking that at this point. No, because I'm like, yeah, because I've reached it. To me, look, dude, it, it's where, where I came from. I would never thought I would make it that far, to be honest. What are we talking? <laughs> We're talking like your junior, senior year or something like that? No, this is the end of my sophomore year, starting my junior year in high school. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I started working there, and, oh, man, what a great time. It was – it's I ne- it gave me a warped sense of what it is to have a job because I had such a good time. And I remember thinking, God, my mom comes home pissed at her job. When, <laughs> is she doing wrong, something wrong, or am I doing something wrong? I loved it. I really had a good time. And, yeah, it, it's, it's just meeting people from all over, and that ride really so, so once you, that job opened my eyes. Once you got into that position – you stayed in that job through the uh, entire high school years, then, right? I worked. From that point. Yes, from from that. I stayed working for Universal. I worked at different places. I worked sure. at uh, Back to the Future, Jaws, and um, uh, King Kong back then. <laughs> oh, Jaws no. was great, bro. There's a shark coming out of the water. He's about Dude, to get us. I tore it up. If anybody has been on the old Jaws ride, you really got to amp it up for the for the people on the boat. For the people who don't know, it's you go on this boat that really isn't a boat. It's just it's it sits on top of hydraulic water and uh it's it's a mechanical arm just kind of pulls it around. And you really have to act out what is happening. So some people get up there and they're like, "Oh no, it's a shark." Boom. And it was really boring. I got up there and I went off and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a shark. Boom. And I got into it. I was sweaty. I was Rudy. I was Rudy. Got the whole crowd into it. Went back and forth in the crowd. Everybody else I work with always got mad. you like freaking Ricky thinking it's Super Bowl Sunday every freaking day. Every freaking day. And I'm like, dude, it's fun. I'm Because it made everybody else look yeah. well, not everybody. Some yeah. other people look bad. And then years but, later, when you meet me and take me down there with you, and you tell me the backstory about how lame they could be on these <laughs> things, and we're sitting at the back of the boat just amping it up, uh, you and me going back and forth. It was great. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, God, laughing. Why are they here? They're laughing. They're like, they didn't even want to work anymore. It was oh, crazy. dude, it was such a good time, man. <laughs> so I did that back and forth between Back to the Future and um, So and you're, a, you're a high school guy working at Universal Studios, doing all this stuff, yeah. making your way, uh, showing that you've got the chops. And at the same time, you're probably working alongside people in like their 20s and 30s, though. That are like, and 40s and 50s. Yeah, yeah, yes. right? And, and, and I guess child labor laws didn't matter a lot back then. Because let me tell you, I worked some crazy hours, and they knew I was still in high school. But back uh, then, I, I didn't time. think they existed. Yeah, different it was a different time. time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I met a lot of celebrities there. 
uh, obviously everybody wants to go to Back to the Future. So I, it's, it's Mike Tyson has been there. Evander Holyfield has been there. I put Shaq in, in the car. Coolio, Michael Jackson, uh, Aerosmith, which that freaked me out. Because Aerosmith on TV, uh, Steven Tyler looks tall. He's a tiny little thing. And I'm, I'm looking at him like, holy crap, is this a stunt double? Because he is tiny. Like how big? I mean, uh, I want to say I'm 5'11". He must have been 5'7". So he's five, like, seven, he's five, like, eight. Uh, it's like Summer Sherrod walking up to you dressed as <laughs> the lead singer of Aerosmith, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty much. It, 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 he's a tiny little thing. And on TV, I'm like, wow. And then he was there with his daughter, uh, Liv. And I didn't, obviously, I didn't know she was going to become uh, it, it's that type big of a star. Uh, but she was there, too. Did she have anyway, the so pointy ears back then, too? She did not have the pointy. No, okay. she was. She They haven't casted her for that movie yet. All right. That's fine. Um, I got gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so it, you, it, you got it, a whole lot going on. You're meeting celebrities. There's all this crazy stuff happening and you have to go to school every day. So at, at what point do you say to yourself, like, I'm done with school? You're like, did you drop out of high school? Did you get the GED? Did you graduate high school on time? I mean, what are we talking about here, Rick? No. So, so, so here's the thing. I continue with that. Right. And I was there. God, there was a point that I'm like, I'm done with school. I'm just done with it. But I didn't want to go that route. Sure. Um, so it was, I kept working and working and working and working. And I, it's again, such a good time. I thought I was going to be there forever. Um, and then I finished high school. Hey, Clarence is still there. Why can't I be there? <laughs> right? right. So I, I, uh, I finished high school, continue working, but all throughout high school, uh, I, I had these recruiters just hounding me, bro. Just hounding me, hounding me. What are you going to do with your life? What's going to happen? Blah 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 blah. Re- recruiting for what? Uh, the army. Actually. Oh, oh, uh, army recruiter. Yeah. Wow. So this is this is where it gets interesting. All right, you ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. Um, army recruiter hounding me, hounding me, hounding me, hounding me, and I'm like, God, it, it's nobody's been in my in the military in my family. This is stupid. I'm not going to go to the military. That's for stupid idiots. That's what I was thinking back then, right? Uh, but the recruiter kept saying, you're not man enough. You're not man enough. <laughs> kind of taunting everybody. And I'm like, you know what? I'll come check you out. Right? So one day I decided to go meet. Uh, and I remember him, Staff Sergeant Hernandez. I remember him like it was yesterday. Uh, he's like, come over and see us at Hernan Plaza. It's a place here in uh, Orlando. Are they still there, and by the way? Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I do have to check if that office is still there or not. Sure, sure, sure. So I go over to the plaza. And I walk in. I remember, I do not come from a military family. Nobody in my family has ever been in the military. So I don't know the difference between the Air Force, Marine Corps, Navy. I don't know that difference. To me, the military is the military. Right. And I walk into the office, and the first office I see, I go in, and I'm like, hey, from Bias, I'm here to see uh, Stassar Hernandez. And this big guy is like, Stassar who? I'm like, uh. Stasar and Hernandez, and they kind of look at each other like, who the hell is posting oh, yeah, my yeah. No, wait a second. That's me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It gets better. He's like, he's just this huge Samoan cat. He just looks at me. Stasar and Bowen, what's his name? He just came and looked at me. He's like, look, son, ain't no Stasar and Hernandez here. Okay. Come here. Let me talk to you real quick. Sure. So apparently that was the Marine Corps office. <laughs> <laughs> and as you go in, right, sure. uh, I went in on, on a on a Sunday. 
every other office was closed except the Marine Corps office. Pulling so duty. that's the first office. <laughs> the next, right? The next office is the Army. The next office is the Navy. The next office is the Air Force. It's all about one big suite. But the first office I saw was the Marine Corps office, and the guy's like, come in and talk to me real quick. Long story short, I signed up. So <laughs> That quick. That quick on the spot. I, I I walked into the wrong office. So you you called for the wrong you called the bluff of Hernandez, <laughs> and and you show up and someone else steals you. Someone else yes. takes your heart. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I just happened to go in there. He's telling me about all these things. I still don't know the difference. I'm like, so who so who was I talking to I, earlier? I wonder if Hernandez ever got credit for recruiting you into the <laughs> Marine Corps. Probably did not. <laughs> so yeah, so Stessar and so Stessar and Bowen is just telling yeah. me all these things, man. You don't want to deal with any other branches. This is the branch. This is the uniform that gets all the pee. This is the uniform that does all these things. This is what you need to do. And I'm like, all right, I'm bored. Sure. <laughs> so I just signed up. So you, you and, didn't even know the differences, like even as he's explaining it to you. No. You're just thinking about I just met Michael Jackson and I'm hanging out with Shaq <laughs> later. Like, like you got a whole lot going on in your Never Never Land mind, <laughs> but you're just like, screw it. I'm here. Why not? I got nothing yeah. going on. Prove it. Uh, Let me it, see what you do. And and I signed <laughs> up. I took the ASVAB test, uh, gave me several jobs. It's like, you could do either avionics, you could do communication, you could do this, you could do that. And I'm like, ah, I'll do communications. All right. Awesome. So that's what I signed up for. I, I signed up to the delayed entry program. So when, that when was, did you sign your papers? What was that? Uh, springtime of your senior year or what, what that was, was that? the end the end of uh no it was halfway through my senior year okay halfway through my senior year Into so the it new was the year, end though. of 94 yeah it was 1994 it was okay. the end of 1994 where i signed up so and oh, wow. that was you're, the, when you're i really delayed then you're talking like almost a year delay yes yeah because then i didn't go until boot camp until a few months after I graduated high school, which was October of 1995. When? And huh? When? When in October? Mid? It was. It was no. Towards the end of it. Oh, okay. Of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It we're, was. We're, the we're end gonna of talk offline about that. I I know that you went, and I know where you went. I didn't know the exact mm-hmm. dates. We we got to share a couple of stories offline in regards to that. Same you and I were a little time. bit off. A couple of weeks off. So we were, yeah, because uh, I know Orlando. Well, that's somebody else. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so I stayed in the delayed entry program. For those of you that don't know what that is, that is where uh, you make a commitment to go. Um, you still have to go and, 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 and raise your right hand, right, and say, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I'm so motivated, I'll raise both hands. Both hands. That's right, <laughs> twice. So wait a second, though. Wait, <laughs> here's an important part of the entire story. When you went down to the recruiter's office and signed those papers, you're 18 years old already by that point in 94? Uh, no. No. I was so 18, you no. still had to have parental consent of some sort, yeah. right? So yeah, you signed yeah. papers saying, I have the intent, but that recruiter had to come meet mom, right? Correct. Um, oh, how did and, that go? Oh, wow. Um, my mom was utterly shocked because... It's not like I texted her because the recruiter is like, hey, we got to talk to your parents. Where are they right now? So um, my so dad's in like, Puerto Rico. Uh, my mom's <laughs> at home. So the recruiter is like, I want to talk to her today. All right, cool. Follow me. So we went to my house 
I ain't even calling my mom. I just showed up with the guy. Oh, really? Just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's Sunday. Just like uh, guess who I met? <laughs> <laughs> I stopped I by Wawa. Look at this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't, right? You can't text her. Cell phones were not as prevalent back then. So I just showed up and I get out the car and there's this big guy walking behind me. My mom was like, Wait, did it, he get arrested by the Marine did you, did you, you didn't drive. He drove separately, right? Yes. Yeah. He followed me. Okay. I was going to say, imagine if he bummed a ride. <laughs> We're not uh, well, taking no for an answer. I'm coming with we, you. <laughs> we still got to talk about my ride because we haven't talked about that yet. But yeah. So we came um uh, he came over. My mom was shocked. I said that I didn't warn her. And she just looked at me. She saw how serious I was. And I don't think I knew how serious I was looking because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So she's like, okay, that's what you want to do. So she signed off. And then she's like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, what else am I going to do? She's like, you love your job. I'm like, yeah, but it's, I just want something different. And I just I learned that the lead singer of Aerosmith is small. <laughs> I can't stay there. Nothing Mom. is right in the world. Nothing is right anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so um, he followed me in my 84 Honda Civic, which, by the way, by the way, um, I was so proud of my sound system that I had in that car. I had no money, so I couldn't buy one of those flashy, dashy radio units that you pull the whole uh, radio out when you left the car as a theft deterrent system. Yeah. So I had to just leave the regular um, uh, radio there, and I wanted a booming system. That was around the time where uh, bass music was really big, right? So I, did, I couldn't afford an actual sound system. So what I did, I took my mom's old record player, put it on the back seat, bolted down. Stop. Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> bolted down with wired with, with, uh, with a house speakers on the back. It was a, a little tiny station wagon. So what I did, I used to play a record and drive really slow because <laughs> I don't want the needle to, uh, to, uh, to skip. But it was horrible because the bass music would make it skip anyway. So all you heard was bass, bass, bass. It was, it was crappy. But I felt like the coolest kid you know, out there because I had this 84 Honda Civic with a booming system, you know, and it was just a, a record player. That's what I had back in uh, – Back in the 90s. I couldn't afford a CD player. There was no MP3s back then. So what happened to this car? <laughs> um, I think we sold it. I think by the time it was ready for me to leave to, to, to the military, my mom had hers. She didn't want to continue to pay the insurance. And we just sold it. Um, I took the uh, record player out. Oh, I was going to say, you know, the majority no, 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 of the no. value was that record player that was inside <laughs> there, right? It was such a horrible idea, and it was so stupid looking. So mid-90s, you're driving around with a turntable bolted to your back seat. <laughs> I'm the cool kid. And, and when I was at work another Saturday, we'll just go to International Drive and just, you know, go, just go people watch with all the tourists. Boom, so. boom, skip, scratch, skip. <laughs> No wonder people are like, why are you going two miles an hour? I'm like, because I don't want to disturb the music. Will Smith taught me. Yeah, there you go. So That's everyone right. sees me. That's right. <laughs> Part they didn't tell you is it's because the, uh, the turntable is bolted down and back. <laughs> That's right. Which, which, by the way, made things worse. <laughs> so good. Every little, every, little tr every, every little bass tremble really, really uh, came out in the, uh, on the needle. So, yeah. So, yeah, that so was my car. 
wrapping up this phase of your life, okay, up to this point, up to the decision to go into the Marine Corps, wrapping up the story of your life, heading up to this point in time, what else is going through your mind before you actually get on that plane or that bus or, or decide to to follow through and head to Paris Island? Anything? I'm not going to lie. I am excited. I'm excited because what the recruiter sold me was I'm going to get to blow shit up. That's what he sold me. I'm going to do all these cool things. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go to war. I just want to do communication stuff, play with computers. That's what I wanted to do. Now, my recruiter did not lie to me. My recruiter said, oh, you're going to be in communications. That's exactly what I was. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, so he did not lie to me not one bit. So I was really happy that because uh, I heard a lot of horror stories about it. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so I just after high school and before leaving to boot camp, the end of October, I party. And when I mean I party, JC, it was clubbing every night. Drinking every night, hang, and I wasn't even twenty-one yet. Oh, jeez! And I, because I thought here I am. Look, here I am thinking. Your future's already laid out. I'm gonna go do whatever I have to do. Yeah, I'm gonna go ballistic. I was just going to boot camp, dude. Nothing was happening. I wasn't being drafted. This is. I thought. I thought I was gonna go out doing some crazy things, and I'm never gonna come back. And I partied like crazy. So I partied at work. I partied outside of work. All the way until the night right before I was supposed to leave. I didn't even spend the, the night at home. I didn't spend that much time with my mom. And it wasn't until that morning someone gives me a ride uh, uh, to, the, uh, to the recruiting station. And right before I got in the car to drive to Tampa, because they, they, uh, they drove us to Tampa Maps to do the whole medical thing, my mom came over. She was all crying, gave me a hug, saying, I love you, puppy. And I'm like, Mom, the, guy, the recruiter's here. Get away. Right? She's like, I'm gonna miss you. I'm like, get the flying. So <laughs> went <laughs> went to the Tampa Maps, did the duck walk, did everything there, raised my right hand you one more or time. Fail? You passed. Uh, I passed, obviously. You didn't right? have to negotiate <laughs> anything? No, I didn't. I didn't. I did not have to negotiate at all. It was a weird examination. This was the first time I had an examination like that. They let's, checked let's things. fill a room with uh <laughs> two hundred guys. Uh, get in your underwear, and uh, I'm going to be an old guy on a stool, and you come by and let me touch everything. And let oh me my check God. everything. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. I, if there was anything that would prevent me from going, it would have been that. Like, at least let me have my doctor sign off on something. You know? Dude, <laughs> no, it not was, the case. Yeah. Never had that before. Whoever uh, grows up to say, uh, I'm going to be a MEPS doctor. You, <laughs> you know that person has something wrong in their head. You know, you know they do. Yeah, you know they and do. And MEP stands for Medical Examination Processing Something, right? Is is the medical examination they gave you before you can go to boot camp? Uh, everybody has to go medical through medical examination branch. processing and subtle touching. <laughs> MEPS. <laughs> MEPS. MEPS. Got it. <laughs> and then uh, it, come it's, here, we come went. Come here, Mister Baez. Please touch your toes again for me. Ew, <laughs> yeah. Stop. No. No, I'm not doing that. No, you have to. So, so I don't. I don't know if this happened to you or not. Um, we went to the airport after the examination. Um, flew. We we had to fly to Hilton Head Airport, which is not too far from Paris Island. It was late at night, and we got no instructions, none whatsoever okay, okay, on who okay. to meet. 
Okay, I want to put a pause on the story right here real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to HR Talk. Feel free to stop by hrtalkpodcast.com for details and more information about this program. Today, we're dissecting the uh, the life of uh, the star of the show, Ricky Baez. You. The man, the myth, the legend. I'm telling you, this guy here. Now, Ricky, I'm, I'm going to give you an option here before we mm-hmm. continue because this phase of this story starts to hit the gas yep. into probably part two. I'm not even going to lie. You're at one hour okay. and 20 minutes right now. Here's Let's my right proposition here. to you. Yes. I would love to take this story and put it on pause. Come back for part two. And mm-hmm. then if need be, we could even do a part three. But I want to okay. do your story justice. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been absolutely amazing so far. Ricky, what are your thoughts on this surprise topic of the day? Um, you did catch me off guard. You and I were talking earlier about, hey, let's just do a chill show. Then next thing you know, you hit record. Hey, I got a topic for you. I'm like, ah, great. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> so appreciate that. I actually, I like this. So yeah, let's pause right now. Okay, there's uh, going to be uh, some, of, some of the clips and things that I did pull uh, for the back end of today's show. We're going to hang on to those uh, okay. for part two or part three coming up later on down the line. I do have uh, three current event stories for you uh, if you're ready for them, though. Uh, Brother, it, but before I do, if you could just summarize what we've talked about from the start of the show till now for everyone, or, or at least your thoughts on on where we are right now in in the th- throes of things. <laughs> so, yes. So to recap, we started off where I was born in the motherland, Rio Piedras, Puerto Rico, in the Caribbean to move into the South Bronx, no, to Jersey, to move into the South Bronx, to moving again in the South Bronx, to moving to Orlando, to having a jalopy of a Honda 84 Honda Civic with a record player in the back, to work into Back to the Future, realizing that a lot of my childhood celebrities are not as tall as they really are, and uh, up until being inappropriately touched right before going to the Marine Corps. Yes, sir. Absolutely right. Current events today are brought to you in part by the life of Ricky Baez. <laughs> Your first story does go back just a little bit of time. This is directly from the Orlando Sentinel, though. Oh, an okay. unassuming storefront at the Magic Kingdom mixes long running tradition of snippets of hair at Walt Disney World. Everyday theme park visitors used to visit the Central Florida uh, stop and shop where residents would get trims and sometimes add a little bit of glitter at the Harmony Barbershop. Kids' very first haircuts are one of the specialties of the house. Ricky Baez of Orlando took his son Sebastian, then 18 months old, to Harmony for his first haircut. He purchased the package that includes a mouse ear hat with the first lock attached to the back. It was a busy time around Thanksgiving, and they ended up waiting three hours for Sebastian's turn. I wanted it just for the novelty, Baez said. We happen to live 20 minutes from Disney. It's a place where a lot of people save up for a long time to go. So why not just go to be the best place on earth to get your first haircut? He accidentally discovered Harmony while looking for a restroom at the Magic Kingdom. The shop is fronted with a traditional striped pole, the old fire station building, and a side entrance to the Emporium store. Families have a long-lasting attachment to this barbershop, said Trish, 
a 35-year-old cast member, who's the managing uh, partner of costuming and cosmetology experience, planning, and integration at that time. She recalled two twin girls who got their hair cut there at the age of five and came back when they turned 20, 30, and even 40 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, this story does go back a few years. This was published by the Orlando Sentinel.com. And these are memories that Dwayne Bevel outlined in this article that you will not have an opportunity to live at this point in time. As Disney is closed. Find that. How did you find that? That's like three years old. The internet. <laughs> wow. You just happened to find the one story where they actually uh, uh, asked me some questions. That is creepy, actually. Moving on to the Winthrop, Massachusetts newspaper from the Winthrop Transcript. For kids only, after school names, Ricky Baez, the new district director. For kids only after school, FKO is proud to announce and welcome Ricky Baez as the new district director for its five states in Chelsea, Revere, and Winthrop that offer year-round after school, school vacation week, and summer programming. In this role, Mr. Baez will be responsible for overseeing a team of five site directors who manage a daily staff of more than 30 educators and 300 students each day. He will coach and mentor and develop FKO's educators, partner with schools, funders, families, and community organizations, and ensure compliance with best practices and state licensing standards, and ensuring the programs to ensure that youth that are 15 to 14 years of age have access to high-quality OSD services, and Mr. Bias shares FKO's commitment to equity and inclusion of all youth and And. will guide programs toward excellence in delivering engagement enrichment social emotional learning and cultural responsive services period so i love how you prep for this show google ricky bias see what comes up (laughs) i love it so how was your time up in massachusetts rick Oh, man, just like New York, cold as hell, and then moved down to Orlando. <laughs> well, this says, this says you took the job back in September. Is that right? Oh, yes, I guess. I don't know, dude. I don't is that know. a different it's, Ricky Baez? Yes, it is, dude. I, I, I'm afraid to Google myself now because I don't know. I don't want to see what <laughs> Listen, comes up. Ricky, you know, Baez, Ricky Baez ultimately holds a bachelor's in elementary education and brings more than 20 years of experience oh, in the public and private sectors me. to the new position. Multilingual, he speaks English Spanish and Portuguese fluently and has limited experience with Italian Creole and American Sign Language. In addition to growing up in after-school programs, Mr. Baez previously worked in the fields for many years, serving as an after-school director with the YMCA of Greater Boston. Most recently, he was the community school coordinator at the Horace Mann Laboratory School in Salem, Massachusetts. Not me. Not you. You said the Horace Mann? The Horace Mann. Got it. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's... uh... Wrong Ricky Bias. Uh, maybe I should Google myself. I want to see what is out there that has my name attached don't, to it. Don't do it live on the show. No, I'm don't not. I'm not, no, not going to do that. Yeah, you're going to want to wait. Thank you, though. <laughs> There's some stuff, I tell you. Appreciate it. It's time for Florida Man. I love that. Story. <laughs> Your Florida man <laughs> cracks me up every time. <laughs> Your Florida man story today is coming directly from the New York Post.com. It's actually not a Florida man story. It's a Florida woman story. Oh, 
who admits yeah. to stuffing porn-filled Easter eggs in mailboxes. Uh, they we did finally cracked the case, and this woman was arrested Wednesday night for filling hundreds of residential mailboxes with plastic Easter eggs stuffed with pornographic pictures and religious writings. We did cover this story a few weeks ago, and the reason that there are no more news stories in regards to the X-rated content, the eggs, and random assortment of goodies, including fish-shaped cracker toilet paper, powder drink mixes, and religious pamphlets, is because the majority of people are quarantined and staying home. This has been your Florida man slash woman update <laughs> because there's nothing currently happening. There's nothing. I'm happy. I know. There's I nothing had to, happening. That's I had good. to drag out the story from a couple weeks ago. I mean, there's a lot of like Florida man murder stuff, but that's not like funny. You know, there's like very yeah, bad no. things going on. And I don't want to talk about that. Time's sucking off, that. you know. Yeah, I know. I know. I appreciate it. <laughs> Ricky, this is this has been a pleasure today. It really has. Um you could have told me at any yeah. point in time to pack sand and it would not cover this topic, but uh you chose to go there and I uh, I think it's pretty cool. I think the listeners are gonna really enjoy getting to know you a little bit more and really? because this is ultimately gonna lead, ladies and gentlemen, this is ultimately gonna lead to a greater understanding of the decision making processes of why this man puts the H into HR. Ricky Baez, over to you for some final thoughts and best ways people can reach us, please. Final thoughts? It's, uh, yeah, um, I, it's, I was thinking about surprise, but thank you for pushing me. Thank you for uh, throwing me out there. And uh, this was fun. But some of the things to reach, some of the things, some of the ways to reach us is on Twitter. We are Podcast HR, Facebook and Instagram, HR Thought Podcast. Email us, hrtalkabiasco.com or text call us, 407-501-8425. We do a lot of stuff. Over on my side here, final thought today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are getting into the podcast arena and you've got some questions, let it be technically or how to do it or some suggestions on layouts or anything like that. I've had probably about six discussions this week with people not doing it as consultations. I refuse to do it, okay? But what I will do is help you. So if you have questions, concerns, you want to know about how to get started, reach out. Talk to Rick. Talk to me. We, we could lend some credible advisement to get you down the right path that's and, right. and help you sound good. That's all. Uh, really had a good time today, and that, that's all I have to say. Uh, on behalf of Ricky Baez, uh, Senior Executive Lucy, our, our special behind-the-scenes secret intern that dragged up the stories yeah. today on Ricky Baez from the coffers of Google News and beyond, I want to thank each and every one of you for being here yet again. And if you do drive, drive safe and have a good night.